Welcome to the Confederacy of Dunks Basketball, basketball Podcast. Podcast. I'm your host, Freddie Rivas, and um, who who in in the hell are you, sir? Uh, I am uh, your producer, Matt Duncan. Excellent. So, since you're the producer, um, you must know. You know, if people want to, if people want to listen to this podcast, where, where, where are they going to find us? Well, you know, you want to go to dunkspodcast.com because that's where we got all the links, right? Uh Everyone's looking for links in this world, especially right now. And uh, we've got Patreon there if you want to subscribe to our Patreon. Now, we we got really, we got bamboozled by the guests last week when we were trying to do this. We did. I will say that when you are a patron, you get to hear the episode the same day Mm -hmm. as we record. We have some other... uh, Four tiers. Four, we, we've got the four tiers. Uh, there's Freddy's hot sauce that you could sure possibly thing. own. Yep. Uh, it's still good, right? Is it oh, it never expires? Buddy, we got the right Sick. amount of vinegar in there, okay, the right good. amount of preservatives. That hot sauce is saying it's staying fresh. Yeah. You know, I was worried. Fresh. My, my, uh, my father-in-law was like keeping it out of the fridge and I was like, is this dangerous? Should we do this? Honestly, it's so hot <laughs> that I like the idea of him like trying to like ride different dangers at the same time. Yeah, he really is. So to your father-in-law, you yeah. know what I mean? Like leave that, leave that sauce all o- everywhere. You know okay. what I mean? And just grab <laughs> it as you it need everywhere. it. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, you know, if you're, if you're cold, it's January. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, thick of it. yeah, if your head specifically, specifically cold, your head, what could you do? Well, you're going to, you're going to want to buy a toque. And they, I went, I was at the store the other day. I was at the winners looking for toques. Sure. Fresh out. So you're going to want to go to, <laughs> you want to go to, uh, I guess, Contact us on our Shopify. You better believe it. I'm still not confident with uh, promoting. We are rocking the shop in, yeah. Shopify these days. Um, the, the PayPal <laughs> still working on a yeah. little bit of a problem. We're almost there with that, but you can send us a DM or something. That's we can right. Just- we can send it. People to are ordering the toques. They're yeah. selling like hotcakes. They are. I'm here laughing <laughs> like fat stacks of cash. Yeah. Um, I said like fat stacks of cash, but I meant to say with, with fat stacks. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I think I think that's it. Rate, yeah. review, rate and review, iTunes uh, and Stitcher and Spotify. Please subscribe; uh, it, it helps us, and also it makes it easy for you. You don't have to come searching for new episodes; it'll just get blasted to your device. That's right. Um, right? And we we got a fun in studio episode. In studio episode, and yeah. uh, both guests are guess what in studio. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, no let, callers. Let's bring on like I think you know probably. <clears throat> One of our resident guests, uh, she's on the pod all the time. She's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, you know, one of the best basketball minds I know, uh, incredible writer. She's just amazing. Follow her on everything. We'll, we'll, we'll get her to promote some stuff. Yep. Perhaps maybe even doing stand up on a pirate ship again. We don't know. Cool. Um, <laughs> that maybe that was a one-off gig, but at the same time, maybe it's a recurring, you know, um, give it up at home as loud as you can, even if you're by yourself for Catherine Niker. <laughs> the longest longest yeah, that was smooth though you know oh my god it really filled the space i loved it it did fill the space <laughs> hello hello thanks hello. for having me once again thanks for joining us um i hope the pirate ship gig is annual 
Yeah. Yeah. Not, not, not like a biweekly. Yeah. I don't want to do that in yeah. the winter months. <laughs> I mean, I think the stand up life is a grind. True. But it doesn't have to be like out in the winter on like Ontario grind. Like a basement bar with no heat in the pirate ship might be close to the same thing. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Okay, let's bring on guest number two. Uh, yeah. It's his first time on the podcast. I'm super excited. Uh, I play basketball with him every Tuesday. He's a oh. bruiser, let me tell you. And he clears <laughs> out. He makes sure, you know, if he doesn't get the rebound, guess what? You won't get the rebound. Uh-huh. We're often matched up against each other. A lot of pulling. You know, he's got sharp <laughs> elbows. Uh, but a lot of ground strength, you know what I mean? Um, and uh, it's, again, yeah, it's it's a grind. Um, he's one of the most hilarious people I know. Um one of the stars of uh, of Gail Pyle, I uh, believe. Um, cock guns. Cock guns. Oh, yeah. I mean, sorry. Loads of other stuff, yeah. too. I was just going to say, I believe Gail Pyle season five is coming out uh, tomorrow. I'm pretty sure. Did I just break that? <laughs> uh, no, I'm kidding. Um, I, I don't know when it's coming out, no. but uh, it'll be a big deal when it does. Give it up at home as loud as you can, even if you're <laughs> by yourself, for Andy King. <laughs> Andy taking it in. Your song, man. Yeah, this is your song forever, by the way. This is it. Take it, it in will my never change. Intro music. Yeah. Oh, it's cool though. You guys know me. <laughs> What's up, man? Hey, Thanks how for are you? I'm good. Thanks for that being was on the pod. Great intro, Freddie. I like that it was all about my basketball game. Yeah, that was important to me. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, guys, check out Andy. He's done all sorts of stuff. I think has a couple Oscars to his name. And um, no, but, that's way better. I, that's, yeah, yeah. But he's like, if if you play basketball yeah. with him, he'll step on your toes and you know, like pull your hair and stuff. So I'm a defensive specialist. Yeah. <laughs> Are you the Patrick Beverly of your team? I yeah. That's I, a good, well, I don't. I don't no, Be- Beverly's too much of like a perimeter guy. Andy's more of a like like who can't shoot, but is um, good Andy. I, I'd say I'd say you got some Ronde in you. Ronde, you okay. definitely have some Ronde wow. in you. That's um, that's pretty high praise. Yeah, because I think you know there's a lot of activity, and he gets a lot of O'Reebs. Um, can you can put some? You can score some, but you're not mm. aggressive when it comes to scoring. I need someone who can do a pick and roll with me. Yeah, like Ferg can, but I. You know, that's the only guy that'll really pass to me on offense. Listen, I I won't pass to you. Um, I don't know what to say. I got to call my own number. And like, I'm I'm a bit of like a J.R. Smith on like a terrible day. You're always dancing. When, when I play basketball, I'm like dancing around and like popping crazy shots. And I was like, oh my God, he never stops missing. And well, stuff. you're dancing. You're doing a lot of dribble work. Yeah, for sure. Mine's a lot of like showmanship. Absolutely no you know, productivity. Wow. Um, okay. Let's, uh, I think before we launch into everything, uh, we, we, we gotta, we gotta deal with the big elephant in the room. Anyone who's listening to a basketball podcast, uh, even if it's a Raptors podcast, uh, has undoubtedly heard about the, uh, super tragic death of, of Kobe, uh, jelly bean Bryant. Um, he died at 41 in a very horrific, uh, helicopter crash. um, you know, I thought we'd kind of start off the top by just like acknowledging how difficult this is and how so many people are grieving in different ways. And Kobe's obviously, you know, um, a massive icon in, in basketball, um, in, in the black community in LA. Um, and I think, you know, obviously there's, um, you know, famous problematic issues with Kobe. And I think that, uh, it's fair to, you know, take 
take his death however you know you want to but uh it's a very very massive thing um that every basketball fan has to reckon with and i mean I, i'll speak for myself and i'll say that i'm just truly shocked um it's it's one of those news stories where where you kind of like hear hear the news and you're beside yourself because you you just start to think about your own mortality you think about the people you love in your life and you just think about you know the story itself and you start to kind of dig into like what what exactly happened who was involved um and i feel like it's only right to list off um the victims of the helicopter crash um again i know i know a lot of people listen to this podcast because it's like it's silly we talk about raptors but this is such a massive storyline and so many people are grieving and it's uh it's difficult so i feel like um I feel like it's responsible of me to kind of acknowledge all the victims in the accident. So obviously Kobe Bryant, um, his 13 year old daughter, uh, Gianna Gigi Bryant, um, her teammate, Alyssa Altabelli. And obviously, uh, I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing any of these names, her father, John Altabelli, um, her mother, Carrie Altabelli, um, Christina Mausner, um, and, uh, Peyton Chester, uh, as well as Sarah Chester, who is Peyton's mom, and Ara uh, Zabayan, who was the pilot. And, um, you know, if any other victims come out or if I mispronounce anyone's names or anything like that, I, I apologize. But, um, yeah, I mean, I feel like, uh, uh, Catherine, I've been seeing some of your kind of social media posts, so maybe I'll just I'll jump to you first. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I don't want to put the pressure on either of you guys to have the most succinct kind of like, you know, opinion or feeling when it comes to someone who's this famous and is such a, a big deal, um, passing away. But yeah, where, where, where are you at right now? Yeah. I mean, I think my fandom of Kobe has been probably complicated for quite yeah. some time. Like I was a huge Kobe fan, like, uh, fully, like I remember watching, uh, his slam dunk contest in like, what was that early 97? Like yeah. 96, 97 was when I first started watching basketball. And that was my first introduction to Kobe. And just like, like watching that, I mean, in the grand scheme of slam dunk contests, it's considered a bit underwhelming, but it was right. my first. So it was a big deal. Oh, Kobe Bryant, slam dunk giant. Yeah. I remember him and Tim Duncan were uh, rookies in the same year. Yes. So there was uh, that those commercials. Well, no, they were they? Yeah. They're, they're, uh, cause, cause Tim Duncan won rookie of the year over Kobe. And they, he was those two, they're first, right? Yeah. They, yeah, yeah. Uh, their careers are, were so aligned. Uh, yeah. But, but sorry. No, that's okay. Um, just like learning that, like he took Brandy to the prom. Remember, yeah, yeah. <laughs> remember Brandy? Yeah, yeah. Uh, super underrated. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> I like slipping in a, a non-related. You gotta throw in. Apology. You gotta throw in. Like, listen, if there's a if there's a if there's a place to throw in Brandy, you gotta try. Right? Yeah, and <laughs> just thinking he was like the coolest guy, you know, and like he even like attempted a, a, a rap career that I followed for inexplicable <laughs> reasons. Sure, sure, check it With out. Tyra Banks. And uh, Tyra Banks and Kobe had a song together. They both wow. attempted music careers at the same I time. I, okay. I, I break, I break, I break yeah. news here. Yeah. <laughs> you do break internet. news. Uh, he was featured on a remix of Say My Name by Destiny's Child. I bought wow. that single on CD. Like, I just have all these fond. What do you, what do you mean featured, by the way? On Oh, like he does like a verse in a remix of uh, that single. Wow. Um. <laughs> 
Check it yeah, out. Yeah, like I re- like I was a big Kobe fan. Yeah. And then of course, like, so then the incident in Colorado happened right. and you know, that was confusing. I was, I don't know, like 18, give or take when that happened. Mm-hmm. And honestly, like, I didn't want to believe it. Like, I didn't want to believe it. I bought into like slut shaming narratives, which right, right. is a thing nobody wants to admit. But like, if you were any kind of adult at that time and you were a fan of Kobe and remained a fan of Kobe, you chose to look the other way. I think people should just be more open and honest in admitting that. Right. Uh, I definitely did. Uh, and then, you know, in like, uh, I don't know, like early 2010s, I started to kind of look at that situation differently with like a different lens, you know, a little older, a little wiser. And yeah, for sure. It just felt really, t- like I, I felt a lot of regret and guilt over continuing to support him over that time. But it also felt like the damage was done at that point too. Right. Like it was, I don't know. I, this is not a righteous take by any stretch. It's just a lot of feelings. Like, even though I've kind of resented him and stepped away from him just as a fan, yeah, I still felt so much grief and so much sadness over this. Me too. Me yeah, too. Cause I, still, I, I can relate to a lot of those feelings, you know, yeah. I, I remember, you know, you know, during that season, the, uh, the Colorado season, he averaged, I think it was 36 points. Yeah. So that was his biggest scoring output year. And, um, yeah, obviously the story was, uh, was, was a lightning rod for all sorts of like victim blaming and, yeah. you know, kind of like looking back on it, it's, it's a study of, you know, consent and or lack thereof yeah. and and um yeah it's 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 tough i think when when you're trying to absorb someone's legacy and there's this big part of it that is you know bad frankly um yeah. and uh, again there's like that's like a nugget of 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 one person's life and there's so much other other stuff there. There's so much other, you know, positive stuff and maybe other negative stuff. I don't know, but I think, yeah, sorry. It's hard to reconcile that all those things can be true at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think that's what a lot of people are, are struggling with to to some degree or not, you know, and I certainly, I can speak for myself. Like I've definitely struggled with that since, I mean, before yesterday, not that it's always been on the top of my mind, but whenever it has come up, of course it's something that, I've thought about and felt different ways about throughout my life. I think. Yeah. I think there could yeah. be many truths, you know? Yeah. Um, like I love what he's done in recent years for women's basketball, you know? For sure. He's like, been a major ambassador of the WNBA. Yeah. I hope other NBA players, other retired legends, et cetera, like continue that part of his legacy. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I think that's really important. Yeah. It's just, it's tough. It's tough. Totally. And you know, I think we'll, we'll also learn a lot about the legacies of like the other victims on the crash. Like we're just starting to listen to, or we're just starting to like hear their stories and, and um, yeah, I don't know. uh, Andy, I don't want to put you on the spot, but is there anything kind of. uh, Well, like you said, Freddie, it's a, it's a shocking thing whenever someone that famous dies. I mean, I think the thing about Kobe is he was, so internationally famous. I mean, yeah. the, the thing they said about him was that he, you know, because he grew up partly in Spain and Italy and everything with his father, he knew how to speak all these different languages. Wasn't he heckling uh, Doncic and uh, Slovenian? Yeah, he was. Yeah, uh, just, totally. uh, just a few weeks ago. So he, yeah. he really knew. And easily the most famous NBA player in China. Like easily. easily. All over the world. I, I think so much, like 
his name even Kobe, like it's just a name that everyone in the world For sure. can sort of be like, like and they have Kobe beef in That's Japan. Right. It could be a name from Eastern Europe. You know, it just, yeah. everything about him sort of was an international figure. People knew him. Um, and as far as his approach to the game, obviously is one of the most competitive players ever. And, um, you know, so it, it is obviously a shock. One thing I will say, I was trying to think of something positive about it. Cause it is sort of a, it's just undeniably sad. Yeah. The daughter, I mean, yeah. you know, his daughter is undeniably sad. It, she yeah, had no life uh, or she, her life was cut short. And I, and I truly think even just from looking at the YouTube videos, I believe she would have been an, a, a star, like a basketball star, her attitude, no just even in those, those few videos and just the way, you know, they interacted at courtside and how they analyze the game. And, you know, you heard Kobe's show. What was the show where he analyzed? Um, what is the Kobe show where he breaks on ESPN? Down? But yeah, that I, I, was amazing. Yeah. I mean, he, he understands the game so well. And then you saw him working with her and, she just had a, a real spirit. I mean, even just from the, the little I've seen of her, but that, that truly is tragic. The one thing like Kobe, I would say, you know, I'm, I'm around the same age as him. And I just think like he had a life, like he had, he had like three lifetimes. I feel like right. I, I'm like, you know, if I could just start like anything, you know, yeah, anything, right. whereas he's, you know, he's already retired a legend and he's won an Oscar and he's on to yeah. the next thing. So yeah. he really did have a complete life. It's, it's always sad when it's short. Um, and I really think it's very sad for Vanessa, his wife and the rest of his family and, and all the families on this. I mm -hmm. mean, that is just a nightmare. The, the people you yeah, leave behind. Absolute tragedy. But, yeah. um, but at least Kobe, you know, he went out a legend and you know, he really lived a full life by anyone's calculations. And um, I think that's the best thing you can probably say. Yeah. Um, Catherine, I don't know if you wanted to add anything. Yeah, I'll add um, just one quick thing. Um, talk about Gianna. Um, Chanae on ESPN was talking about her and about her um, WNBA uh, prospects, if you will, and just like how unbelievably talented of a player she was and mm -hmm. how everybody kind of looked to her as sort of like, potential for the next big thing. Like obviously she was right. too young to say yeah, for she's sure. 13, yeah. She's 13 and you don't want to put that kind of pressure on a 13 right. year old, but everybody was really like excited for her future. And she spoke, there's probably a clip of it online that you could see it's, it's worth watching. And it was just nice to see somebody talk about her as like a, a person with a life, you right, know what That I mean? isn't just associated with him. Yeah. 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 It would have been awesome. I, and yeah. I think it would have done so much for, the WNBA or yeah. wherever she ended up playing. But um, there was a clip they were showing in the aftermath of this where I think he was on Kimmel, Kobe. Yeah. And he said, you know, all his his uh, you know, other players and everyone who come up to him, he'll see them. He'll be hanging out with Gianna. And they say, oh, you should have had a oh, Too bad you don't have a boy. You should have had a boy. And she stepped up and would go, no, I, I'm going. I'm going to do it. She's like, like, what about me? Like she, she had that attitude. It wasn't just that she was the daughter of Kobe and everything else, but you you can see it just in a little bit. So yeah, like she wanted know. it. It wasn't oh, like yeah. somebody pushed her in a corner. She wanted it. Oh yeah. yeah. But in that way that was like, cause I know. believe Kobe had uh, four daughters. Four. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, um, yeah, I'm not sure if the other ones are, were, were involved in basketball, but she definitely seemed like she was the one who was kind of like, she's the second oldest, right? No, I think she's the oldest. She is. Isn't she? I don't know. Like, like, I uh, thought she. I, we thought she I can. I can. I, I can wrong. have a look Sorry. later. Um, 
Sorry, I don't know. But uh, a I side think, note on yeah. this is just uh, you know one of my good friends his his uh, father in law was involved in the military and all these other uh, operations, diving and stuff. But he took a lot of helicopters, obviously. But right. he he said if you if you don't ever get in a helicopter unless you have to, like just don't. And it's interesting. I mean, like Kobe like prob a probably took, dangerous thing. Or? He said it's super dangerous. Ultimately, they, they're really dangerous. And and Kobe obviously took hundreds in his life. I heard he used to yeah. helicopter into games just to avoid oh, yeah. press and everything. Yeah. But this guy, I remember, I'll never forget. He just says like, never get in a helicopter. Like this is a guy who knew. And he was just like, don't get in a helicopter unless you have to. Yeah, helicopter travel is shockingly common in LA with uh, hmm. with wealthy people who can afford it because you just you beat the traffic. Yeah, and it's right. such a sprawling city. I mean, it's shaped like a sprawling suburb, and it's so right. big and vast and and so dense so that just people do some, travel yeah. with helicopters. Like I remember reading the other day, like LeBron took a helicopter to see his son practice or play a game, probably play a game right? somewhere. You know, it's like, it's like a common thing. Mm. And, yeah. uh, and then I was reading just this morning that like the conditions were foggy and police had grounded their helicopters. I read that as well. Yeah. And just thinking like, man, like there's uh, maybe this will be the launch for better regulation around things like this, because if like a public service is saying it's not safe, then why is a private company going ahead with it? Like, I, I don't understand how those logistics work, but maybe it will be the springboard for more regulation regarding using helicopters. And I don't know, probably other LA related transportation issues as well. Yeah. Speaking of LeBron, by the way, we were talking about everyone's takes on Twitter and everything. And, and, you know, just different players' reactions and how Damian Lillard just tweeted, wow, you know. Yeah. Right. Like, That's about yeah. all he could muster up. But I, I just think for LeBron, it must be the weirdest because the night, like, he broke his record the night before and he was at courtside. He was he was in Philly, right? Yeah. yeah Kobe yeah. was there. Kobe, Kobe, Kobe was there, you to know, see to him kind break of, like, the record. graciously witness it. And No, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm actually oddly thinking about LeBron a lot. Uh, yeah. in, in this, just because and Kobe's last tweet being about LeBron, about yeah, LeBron. and yeah. and LeBron is also like I think their greatness is so tied together in that it was like they're both you know in different people's minds the like rightful heir to Michael Jordan. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know there was a lot of like pseudo heirs to Michael Jordan, but I think those two kind of like burst through that wall of there are a lot of appropriate comparisons. And it's almost like this like triangle of like basketball greatness that other people are as good, but there it's almost like bigs in the NBA or like point guards are kind of like this like special different breed. But those were like the, the, the shooting guard swingmen type, you know, that model. Um, but yeah, I feel like there's a lot of, and, and LeBron just playing in LA now too. Mm. He's the face of like that LA greatness and, yeah, I um, I can't I can't imagine what it's going to be like the next LA home game um, tomorrow. Is that tomorrow? Clippers Lakers. Wow. Yeah. Wow. There's, there's talk so, about whether they're even going to play that game yeah. or what they're going to do. It'll be it'll be interesting to see how that develops. Yeah, I think you know I think we're going to see how uh, the NBA you know decides to kind of like deal with uh, the weight of of Kobe's passing, like as a you know, like as the, the franchise LA and then also the, the league itself. 
Um, speaking of which, I think we should move on to some some NBA stuff. Wait, you, you got one more thing, Andy? Well, I thought you were going to move on to Raptors or just NBA. I'm moving on to Raptors. Because I was going to say that this pivots right off what you were saying, but as far as a tribute goes, do you think that that 24-second violation is going to become the tribute? The one that, that sort of spontaneously came out of the Raptors-Spurs game the other night. Right. That you might see that in L.A.? Um, I think that's a, there's a really good possibility that I also feel like, uh, I heard somewhere, maybe it's on our quickish questions, but I heard that people were also doing, um, because of the number eight, um, backcourt violations. Like they, yeah, they, people they, are yeah. doing a bit of both. So that's cool. I, I, I think that's <laughs> like a nice kind of like fun way too. um, but wait, yeah, let's like, like, let's just jump right into the Raptors game because I feel like it's so we, we're not exactly moving on from the weight of Kobe's passing because it was such a part of that game. Yeah. But um, this is going to be weird transitioning from something so sad to something silly. But Maddie, would you <laughs> give music. me that Raptors sting? <laughs> I don't know if that was an accident, but Matt was like, you know, he was like remixing it as it happened. Oh, I thought that's what you always do. I liked it. No, he's just revved up. Um, okay, let's. Out of respect, I didn't do one of our, you know. When I say Bobby, you say Webster, Bobby. Webster. Bobby. Webster. I didn't do that out of respect. You didn't, but then you just did. <laughs> and shout out to Bobby Webster. Um, big fan of the pod, I'm sure. Um, he you should know, be. He's a busy guy, but I think he takes time to listen to the pod. Oh, absolutely. Uh, okay, let's let's start with uh, let's start with you, Andy. Um, so yeah, uh, obviously uh, we, we kind of just like segued into the Raptors with the 24 second shot clock uh, tribute, and and I feel like I want to talk about. Um, the somewhat mythical fadeaway to start the game from Lowry, which we looked, first of all, Kobe-esque. Second of all, it hit the rim, bounced on top of yeah, the that was crazy. shot clock, uh, or sorry, the um, the backboard, and stopped there. there. And the, the, the announcer of uh, the Spurs game, I think, said that it's almost as if the, the ball itself was doing a tribute to Kobe. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, the, I, I think, you know, with, with, with DeRozan getting all of that love from everyone with him and Kyle deciding to do that, like that is so, so unique, I think to Raptors fans too, right? We, anyone who knows DeRozan knows that he's like such a Kobe guy and we have Norm who wears 24. Like it was just such a present part of that game. I think, you know, the intensity wore off, um, and it, it turned into to basketball later in the game, but yeah. Any, any thoughts on the game in general? Well, it was definitely emotionally charged, like you said. And I mean, DeRozan was a mess. I mean, he was really upset. And yeah, it, very upset. Yeah. yeah. And he's a guy who kind of gets upset at the best of times. Like he he really wears his heart on his sleeve and he, you know, is an emotional guy. I think he has a lot. He opened up about his anxiety and everything else. But this obviously hit him a lot. And like it did everyone, but he just really wore it more. Uh, you were talking about Norm as well, who wears 24 and how... Yeah. But Norm, again, like he's, he was obviously upset, but Norm's just like a computer to me. He's just like all business. Right. He was like, well, we got to get a job done, you know, but, um, it was a wild game. I mean, it was interesting. The 24 second violation, like just how that came up spontaneously because yeah, it was cool. Uh, Like, uh, I like when kind of like, you know, not like I'm not the biggest tradition guy, but I like when a symbol seems organic and I felt like that was, Mm -hmm. And we don't know who came up with it, but apparently Nick Nurse and Greg Popovich got together and then 
came out of some discussion. And oh, okay. I thought it was Kyle and Damar. Yeah, I thought it was Kyle and Damar. Was it Kyle and Damar? Because they maybe I just think everything goes back to Kyle and Damar because I'm a Raptors fan. But true, I thought it was Damar <laughs> you know who mean? said that it was Nick and Greg that some someone's came up with it. I don't know. Well, still, still, it was Raptor. cool. It was definitely cool. I thought. I mean, they played so well for the first part of that game. Obviously, Pascal went absolutely. Yeah, 25 points first quarter. That was insane. A Raptors record. Yeah, Raptors record. Um, um, sorry, go ahead. Well, he was just. He was on fire. I don't even think like with Pascal, you don't know what the ceiling is still on him. Like he, it feels like he could just keep getting better. And I think to me, his only issue is maybe, maybe like decision-making or sometimes he comes down, he wants to throw it to Freddie and he's like, Freddie, you do it, you know? Yeah. But, but they're like, no, Pascal, you do it. Yeah. You know? And the last, and the other night he was like, no, I'll do it. And fought with five, three pointers, five, three pointers in, in the game. Also five, three pointers in the first quarter. Like he hit, he hit all his threes in the yeah. first. That was crazy. Man. Um, he actually so kind of good. faded as the game went along, but he exploded um, uh, at the beginning of the game. Did you uh, check out the game, Catherine? Yeah, any, any I did. Thoughts? It was so surreal. It was just, it was, it yeah. was a weird, it was just, the whole thing was just so weird. Weird energy for sure. Yeah. And it's like, you could tell like there was obviously they were so upset. I felt like news was still breaking as the game was happening. It was. Yeah. Right. So like on, people, the, on the Spurs, uh, I listened to the Spurs feed and they were still reporting of like the, yeah, the amount of victims. Also yeah. like the names. Well, Lots of information was still yeah, kind of like out. so much confusion happening. I thought the tribute was great. I do like it, just like you said, like just the spontaneousness of it was just really nice. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it did take a while for it to feel like a game to them. I don't know if it ever felt like a real game to me, except maybe towards the end when it was close. Um, which is like becoming a bit of a pattern with the Raptors, but like you're not yeah. going to hold that against yesterday's game. It was just so weird. Um, kudos to them for for playing. You yeah, know, like you think people, about it, people were like, "Oh, like they should have canceled. They should have canceled." I, in hindsight, like probably, but also like I could see from a logistics perspective how hard that would have been because it was an afternoon game and right. news was still breaking as sure it was tipping off. Like people are already at the arena. Like it would have been really hard to try to mobilize canceling that game. Yeah. And a lot of the players have been like, oh, like Kobe would have wanted us to play. And it's which, like, which I mean, I think if you watch Kobe's career, like has to be true. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think Kobe would be like, absolutely all of you play. Yeah. Immediately. Yeah. 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 It's um, always a weird question because you're like, yeah, if you're, I mean, dead and you're in heaven looking down, like, do you really be like, nobody play today? You know? <laughs> Nobody play. This is about me. That's he's not going to be like that. And That's well, just, specifically Kobe, I think would be like he'd be like, no, play. Yes, uh, yeah. yeah. It's a, but but, but, but you, you were going to say something. Well, about? I was just thinking. But at the same time, you know, the gravity of something like that. Like think about our Tuesday night basketball. If like one of those guys died, like would we play? <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> would we? No. Like no. If, if Ben we, Davies we all, died or if Ferg died, at, I think would we, we would say Ferg wanted us to play like mid game or just like we found out right before, like they did. Well, it's a bit See, different because he this, wasn't on their team. This is some good levity to to a really kind of like tough situation because you know again when you think about life and you think about us playing on Tuesday nights, yeah, it's funny to think about the fact that. uh that there's no actual stakes in our Tuesday game that of course we would have to stop playing. <laughs> like, but we not, not wanted us to keep playing. That's what I'm saying. We would say that, you know, I don't know. Everyone went to the right. Grammys was that night too. And yeah. everyone was tweeting. This feels, so, I think 
what Chrissy Teigen was like, this is so stupid. Why are we here? This is tough. Yeah. But you know what? In the end, everyone got to be together and sort of be emotional right. together. And, and those kinds yeah. of things in a way must go on so that people can heal. But man, yeah, it would have been and, tough. And you know, I think grief's a process too, oh you know? God. So I think that like, you know, players are going to players and fans and family and everyone are going to continue to grieve. And I think, the, like, as I said before, I think the NBA is going to, you know, really kind of like put their best heads together and try to figure out how to, on how to like, kind of like, you know, respect this, the intensity and trauma of this situation. And then also how to kind of continue to respect it over time. Um, just because, you know, he, he, the fact that he's 41 is just such a young age for, you know, as a sports story, it's so unique. Um, and anyways, yeah, uh, just, just back to this, this game, we all felt the weight of the game and it was a battle and you know, uh, San Antonio clawed back, but I think the Raptors kind of, um, you know, maybe, maybe this, like uh, there, there are no silver linings in a scenario like this, but focusing on the game itself, um, I think that, uh, it's maybe time to move to uh, Pascal getting his first all-star uh, all-star award because he actually started the game huge and then ended up successfully kind of closing the game. Um, and I feel like this was like, I don't want to say an announcement of Pascal, but it's for anyone who's been worried about him coming back. I think, was it you, Catherine, who said, or was it, you? Uh, well, one of you said, we don't even know the ceiling of Pascal uh, it was Andy. Yeah. And I, th I think this game was a good example of that because he wasn't full on driving and just getting to the line like crazy. Like I got his stats here and he was, um, yeah, he was uh, 35 points in the game, eight rebounds, three assists, a steal. And he went five for 11 from three. So he really did his damage by just like going off from three, mm -hmm. um, which he never really does. Well, yeah, I mean, he's, this year he started to do, but I think, it, you know, at the beginning of the year, it was just a more complete package. Now we're seeing parts of his game at, at different times, which is why I think, you know, maybe we haven't seen the ceiling there, but um, Catherine, let me lead with you. How are you feeling about Pascal getting his first all-star nomination and where, where you know, the, the season he's had? I mean, talk about a unique story, like, holy shit. Pascal's stories is, is amazing. Like it'll probably be a 30 for 30 doc at some point, you know, like it's so wonderful. And, and I hope we're right like that. This isn't his ceiling. I hope he continues to grow from here. Um, you know, we, you know, we were talking about DeRozan earlier. Like I think about how like DeRozan always came back every year when he was with the Raptors improved better something improved about his game every year. And I feel like those were like Pascal's early NBA years watching that right. and, and seeing that kind of growth and then aspiring to that. Mm -hmm. I, I think it's just it's point. so great. And uh, really excited to see him as a starter. It was great to hear Giannis too be like so excited to have Embiid and Pascal and his team and talk about yeah. Team Africa and what a win that is for the Giants of Africa organization. Totally. And uh, it would be really cool if they did like an America versus like Africa slash Europe team at All Star. I don't know if that'll happen this year, I, but I, think, I would love that. I think the NBA really, I mean, seemingly anyways, but by the numbers is kind of heading towards. 
maybe a uh, you know they've been doing it in the rookie sophomore game for a little while, but yeah, there you know there are enough international stars. I think it's a bit top heavy, um, and we can we can uh, we're going to talk about the all star starters later in the episode, so we can we can go there. But just to your point about Pascal improving and kind of like mm. watching a guy like DeRozan, check this out. So season one, four points, three rebounds, basically no assists and a block. Second season, seven points, five rebounds, two assists, and averages like a steal and a block. Third season, which is last year, 17 points, seven rebounds, three assists, a steal and a block. This year, 24 points, eight rebounds, four assists, a steal and a block. So next year, 40 points. Yeah, like, you know what I mean? Like, he definitely does have that. It's like, you know, Maybe if that maybe that twenty four points a game kind of like slinks down to twenty one, but it was it's still going to be a jump from seventeen points to twenty one points, and I think it really seems like he's improving at like a, a wild rate. Um, Can yeah, he not get better than a steal and a block? Like what's going on? Like I just every <laughs> season. Yeah, no, I know. I, I, I one steal, one block. He's Come point on. he's point nine in both categories, which is like oh okay, my, not even one. Not even one. Wow. I don't know what to say. Yeah. You know, okay. It's so actually pretty disappointing. Pascal, if you're hearing that, <laughs> um, Andy actually is a bit pissed <laughs> at you. Um, I we, just think you could improve. Yeah, no, you're spicy, but Andy is like, <laughs> I literally think you're Frank's red. Is that fair? <laughs> that is fair. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's the thing about Pascal. Well, obviously. What's Frank's Freddie, red? Like a curmudgeon spicy? <laughs> Frank's red to me. If, if I'm a, can I have some spicy? Some like hot sauce at a breakfast place and they bring me Frank's Red. I literally pick it up, yeah. slam it on the floor and rob the place. Mm. Yeah. I go off every time. No. um, But yeah, no, seriously, though, like if you're if you're a breakfast joint, you need to have something hotter than Frank's Red. True. Yeah. I'm shocked you don't just travel with your own brand of hot sauce. You know, no, it yeah. would spill in the bag. Yeah, I think that's what nobody talks yeah. about. If you well, really love hot need sauce. need a new container. You know what your caps are like on those hot sauce bottles. Yeah, my hot sauce yeah. bottle's a bit of a loose cap. No worries. I'm glad you circled back to hot sauce because oh, okay. I want to know. Now, Freddie's given me some of his hot sauce before. Sure. I just want to say I had last year's, which was way too hot cheers oh, by wow. far it would because you had the uh the hottest pepper in the world the carolina reaper yeah we had some reapers in there just uh, overwhelmed it but this <laughs> year it's amazing in my opinion like just so good do you have to refrigerate it <laughs> um, now you're wondering <laughs> i i actually went on the internet and i couldn't solve it honestly that's the way we like it we like it so that when you try to figure out how to best maintain it, <laughs> question marks right, everywhere. Right. So, you know, I'll say this. If you use Ask Jeeves, you might get a more straightforward answer. Wow. Oh. Um, if you use Google, we've I've paid who I need to pay. Fair enough. And yeah, the, there are no answers to that. I enjoy the hot sauce and I do refrigerate it. Yeah. I will Honestly, say. put that in baby fridge. in a fridge. I don't. Now, <laughs> I haven't been. I haven't done any because there's hot sauce purists online that'll say, it's you're killing the flavor, yeah. killing the spice. Um, you know, refrigerate it if you like. Oh, if you wow. don't like, honestly, uh, mine <laughs> you're is, all good. It's still spicy. <laughs> yeah, it's still spicy, still delicious. However, you enjoy the hot sauce, I appreciate it. Become a patron 
and uh, get some hot sauce. <laughs> okay, now anyway. that my now that my plugs are done, back um, to spicy pee. Back to spicy pee. So he's he's amazing. He's I mean I guess I guess what's what's left to say because we've been talking about well he's him had more on this podcast for the last two years. He's is it rise is incredible. I think everyone's waiting for him to settle into what he is. Um, like how good is this guy gonna get? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I just think he's still kind of in a way youthful like just with his attitude. Sure. And, uh, you know, the, we, what's cool about the Raptors is they, they seem to actually like each other. Like Freddie and Pascal seem like best friends. For, oh, they have for like, real. They have max chemistry. Yeah. Like max it's insane. And when they, they actually work together, it's incredible. But Pascal seems like a very humble guy and he doesn't want to, he's not the kind of guy who's like, Oh, I'm going to drop 35 tonight, you know, and, and take over. He just needs a little bit more of that. He was interesting actually moment two games ago and who are they playing? But Nick, uh, there was uh, an offensive foul called against Pascal and he got, he was so frustrated all game. This is the game before the Spurs. He was all angry and he couldn't, he couldn't get anything going. He kept getting called for fouls. There was, it was an offensive uh, foul. The, the Knicks. It was against the Knicks. Yeah. Okay. So Knicks player uh, got the offensive foul on him. Pascal walked off. He was mad, but did you see Nick nurse challenged on it? He was trying to calm Pascal down all night, but he challenged on it just to have his back. Yeah, that's what Nick does. And then his game changed after that. I love that you said that. And we've touched on this on the, on the pod a little bit, but the, the coach's challenge in a lot of ways has become the player's challenge. And I think it's part of this like negotiation you have with your players. Like you can see... Kyle will call for a challenge three times a game. And, <laughs> yeah, and it, you know what I mean? And sometimes nurse nurse will look at him and he'll basically, his face will say, Kyle, please don't make me do this. You, I, I, I'm, I'm not slamming your production. I understand you're campaigning. You're not can't. You're not complaining. Yeah, it's the 10 minute mark of the first quarter, Kyle. That's can right. we hold on? Yeah. To it can for we a save this? Because something just as egregious will happen. We again. might blow a lead again, Kyle. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, I, I've seen it happen with Kawhi and Doc. I've seen Ka- I've seen Doc look at Kawhi and and just right away be like, "Yep, I'm calling it." And then the refs looked at Doc like, "We all know this is going to take us like one second. Yeah, because there's an obvious foul, <laughs> but it's it's interesting because you you curry favor with a player in a way, and it's also a, a way to kind of like force a timeout in that moment. So for Pascal to be pissed against the Knicks, you're like, okay, I will review that play. Also, you get 45 seconds to breathe out that anger and kind of plot your next, you know, move on the game. How are you going to exert yourself after being frustrated by not getting a call from the refs? Well, and in this case, they won the challenge. And then you saw Pascal was just like, he lit up after that. Oh yeah. That was sorry. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. That, that was actually amazing because they won, won the challenge. And I remember that scenario because they also saved a foul with mm-hmm. Pascal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is another reason why I've seen them use it too. Like I remember they used it once early in a game, but it was when we had all those injuries and it was like, no, this is going to keep Kyle out of foul trouble. Mm-hmm. And that's more valuable to us at this juncture of the second quarter, you know? Well, that's good, yeah. but it all worked out psychologically really well for everyone. I feel like in that case. And then Pascal, you could see he just kind of was unburdened after that. And then he comes out next game and just destroys. So I don't know. I think he's just a young player who is like, has actually like unlimited potential. Sky's the goddamn the limit. Sky is the limit on, on him. And uh, once he gets more experience, gets grittier, he couldn't be with a better team for that. He's going to be even better. Speaking of uh, Sky, the Sky being the limit. Wow. Um, the longest ever 
Raptors winning streak. I, I honestly thought it would be longer, but it was in, in 2018. It was 11 games. Mm. Um, it was, it was that 59 win team, um, that got swept by the Cavs. Uh, they won 11 games straight. This team is at seven wins. Wow. So, um, you know, we won in San Antonio, which, you know, if you're kind of like tracking this streak was a really good candidate for us to lose. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I uh, thought they were going to win this one though, because they lost the last one and they're super hyper competitive against each other, of course. And I don't know, like if you saw, you know, DeRozan and Kyle showdown where Kyle did that reverse layup on him late in the game. Yeah. But they're always going to battle. But I did think they would. Win. Those two. It's funny. It must frustrate both coaches because those two both guard each other mm-hmm. more than they should mm-hmm. in yeah, the Raptors yeah, Spurs yeah. matchup. Yeah, that's true. They're both like, I got Kyle. I got like Damara. And, and then there's like, they're not the optimal matchup for each other. Mm. Like you see them both exploiting each other. Like when, especially when Kyle D's up, um, Damar, you can see Damar know how, know how. So doesn't Damar have like a whole like seven, eight inches? Well, that's what I mean. And he, (laughs) and Damar uses that, you know, Damar is like Mr. Footwork chess match player. And he definitely can easily exploit a smaller player more than like, let's say a Tobias Harris. Like if, if Kyle starts guarding Tobias Harris, Tobias is like, I'm going to back him down. And then he's like, oh shit, Kyle's too strong. Whereas Damar is like, I know Kyle's strong. But also, I'm going to wiggle and do a couple things, and I'm going to take advantage of him. And Kyle can, you know, he can, he knows he needs to run Demar through, you know, maybe a half of a screen or maybe a right. full a full screen if necessary to get himself some space. And the other thing that, that was that's funny about that relationship that just came out of uh, it was actually on Serge's cooking show when Kyle was on is when they play each other. I remember they beat them last year, of course. Uh, Kyle beat DeRozan, and apparently DeRozan said to Kyle afterwards. Uh, he said, uh, fucking fat ass, you know, all my moves. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Those, those two definitely have like a full on, like, like antagonistic style of like friendship. I love that. Like they love the hell out of each other. And I feel like they poke and pinch each other a lot too. Yeah. I don't know what DeRozan, I mean, he's from Compton. Everyone from Philadelphia is like that though. Like literally the whole, the whole, the whole the entire you know, I mean, city. Philly does have a reputation of being a super tough city. They don't take any shit. Yeah. yeah. Just you like gotta me. be would, honest. Is that like, would you say like, that's like me? You're definitely straightforward, but you're less cynical. <laughs> no, I take a lot of Philadelphia. <laughs> I take, I take so many. I was like, I wouldn't peg you with yeah. like Philadelphia hard. No, you know? I take dumpsters full of shit. But like, you're a truth teller is what I mean. Like you're yeah. on, like you won't find anyone in Philly. That's like a bullshitter really. You know what I mean? It's always straight up honest, and usually they're pissed off at you about something. Come to the Philly for the straight talk. Stay in Philly for the um, 76ers, a good basketball team. Not as good as the Raptors, <laughs> no. who are uh, about to maybe break their win streak. So wait, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to list off some games, and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to you first, Andy, and you tell me if you think they're going to break this win streak, okay? So in the Raptors schedule, they're at seven wins, and their next games are... The Hawks, they'll win. The Cavs, yep. The Pistons, wow, <laughs> pretty easy schedule. The Bulls, that's eleven. Wow, holy and shit! And the twelfth game is Pacers, and the thirteenth game would be another Pacers. Uh, it's a head-to-head versus. Pacers. Uh, is Victor Oladipo back for that Pacers game? I don't think he's back wow. yet. I heard after the All Star. He, he's oh, is he scheduled for? Oh, I thought he was. He's getting at the close. end of this month. Yeah, he's. he's got, I know he's playing with the G League team, but. So oh, that's cool. Is that is that what your opinion is is contingent on? If well, you think? I mean, it factors. Yeah, um, I'm going to make a bold prediction. Do it that they're going to blow one of those three games. 
Okay. See, no, that to me is not that bold because, you know, staying, staying that vigilant, you know, even for this team that always beats teams that are under 500. Like I was at the Spurs game where they lost and I was at the Blazers game where they lost. Um, and, you know, it happens. Teams get hot. Atlanta, both times we've played them, have done like an insane storm back at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I th- maybe they get one of those. So, so your prediction is they lose one. One Catherine? of those three. I mean, I kind of, I don't want to agree, but I feel like we've blown enough losses or blown enough leads, large leads in the last month that we're bound to actually lose one of those games. And then maybe in a weird way, like losing one of those, like if we had like a 15, 20 point lead on one of those teams, then we actually lost the game. Then that might be like a sign for a bit of a wake up call for the team. Right. Cause I'm, I, I am a bit concerned cause at first I wasn't, but it is becoming a pattern and we have been healthy for enough. Not, not that people still aren't adjusting to a point, but enough games that we shouldn't, be losing 15, 20 point. Leads I agree with Catherine on that is that they, the pattern is there where the, I guess it's in the third quarter. Usually it just starts to go down. Yeah. And I, I think I was watching one of the Nick nurse post game. No surprise to anybody. Yeah. I love Nick nurse. Yeah. <laughs> You're checking out Nick nurse. Yeah. I was checking out Nick nurse. Yeah. Uh, and I was, he kind of put it on fatigue. Like he didn't, he, at least to the media, he did not express a concern, which is fair because I don't think you're going to tell the media you're concerned unless you're deliberately trying to call someone out. Right. Yeah. Um, but that he kind of blamed it on fatigue. So who knows? Like maybe the all star break will really help this team. Fatigue could very well be a factor because our bench was putting in more minutes than is usually asked of them for yeah. a, a long time. And that could be why we are losing large leads throughout a game. So I'm not like. I'm not not cognizant of that, but I am concerned that it's a pattern generally. So, yeah, I could see us losing one of those games. Um, And also like with the Hawks, like, yeah, we've beat them, but like they probably feel confident against us. Yeah, I think teams with our with our roster fully healthy. I think that our identity, our identity is less about this kind of like swarming defense. And as we. You know, Nurse keeps experimenting with lineups, and I I think that somewhere in the middle of the game, our bench lineups are either, you know, maybe being left in there too long or chemistry stops or the other team flashes a zone at us that... You know, we pr- can't guard a zone. A sl- well, I we think- throw the zone on others and it works. And then when it's right. thrown on us, totally we, can't, right. we can't. I actually think it's a kind of a... Th- uh, uh, thing in the league this year. It's kind of, it started happening last year, but uh, a lot of, you know, teams are flashing zones to stop the momentum of a team. And I think the Raptors are both executing the zones really well. And then also struggling with the zones. Yeah. Um, my, my take here for the streak, uh, I guess maybe I am just falling into the category of a blindly optimistic, <laughs> but right. I kind of think they're going to blow through these teams. Mm. And I think that we're going to see, you know, maybe a couple complete games in the mix, but we're also going to see, you know, one of these teams storm back, but I think the Raptors are going to hang on. And I feel like Fred and, and Kyle and Pascal and, and also Norm are all kind of like vying for this, this closer role. They're all, they're all kind of, I can see them. They're all taking turns at like going for the jugular, but none of them is like, 
max clutch. I, I guess Kyle is. But well, I think Norm's been in that category. Like Norm's said. been very, Norm Fred, as consistent as anybody. Some big yeah, Fred, yeah. The, those are the guys I feel like who are sensing a lull in the game, and and I also think that like the Raptors blowing teams out in the first half. Still, even though even if they lose that uh, lead. Um, like in that Spurs game, the other team's expending the energy. So if it's mm-hmm. like a boxing match, you are prepped for that last punch. Like it is better to to have a team come back on you than to storm back in a game, I think, generally. Well, a few um, weeks ago, they were losing those close games. They lost, yes. the, right? Yes. But, but I think since Gasol and, uh, like, yeah, because I was at that Spurs game and it was uh, Pascal's first game back. And I think that, if I'm not mistaken, that's the last game we lost. So I, f- right, yeah. so I feel like yeah. that's starting to sort itself out. Um, anyways, I, I think they're going to lose one. I think they're going to lose the second Pacers game, but but maybe not even and just like storm towards like 16 or 17 wins. And it's going to be absolutely the best to, well, to uh, support your theory, though. They, they did look t- <laughs> tuned up in that Spurs game. Like they looked really good. Yeah. They're having like, they did, yeah. every, all of these games are having at least like one or one and a half, like hot quarters. And I think that with, with a fully healthy team, we're able to see like moments of the offensive clicking that we weren't able to see without a healthy squad. Yeah. One uh, positive thing I want to say about this win streak is it, it's just been such a joy to see how smart Kyle's been at the end of games. Oh, it's amazing. It just like these, just like knowing that that guy in the Knicks was going to bring the ball down and was just right there to grab it. That was wild. That, That, and then he, and then he looked at them like, I'm too smart for that shit. And I was like, damn, Kyle is amazing. Amazing. He doesn't even get enough credit. He doesn't at all. And he's deeply underrated. I I don't know if I've said it, on the pod already i know i said it to you guys when you when you showed up but kyle um will for sure break uh this record by the next podcast so shout out to kyle who is nine assists away from passing jose calderon for the franchise leader in assists wow and wasn't it so sweet that he was there he was at the he was at the Knicks game that's right he was yeah Jose, Calderon, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is Jose, Jose like trying to be there for when yeah, Kyle breaks it? Yeah, he's trying to be there for when. Oh my Kyle god, I love Jose. It. I already love yeah, Jose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's such a wonderful. I don't think he was in San Antonio, or at least they never cut to him if he yeah. was. But yeah, well, at least they. Poor Jose is like, why are you they, keep getting three assists? They kept. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, but you're averaging like nine assists, buddy. Break this. Thing. Honestly, this is they should just. A lot of money. They should yeah. just add Calderon to a ten day. <laughs> Just have him on the bench so he can be there. Uh, I feel like Jose is a perfect transition to the NBA. And I just want to drop this little nugget. Does anyone remember there was a very brief rumor that Jose Calderon was from a family that was worth $2 billion because they were like very wealthy pig farmers in Spain? He is yeah. a pig farmer. I he know, is. but they're not worth $2 billion. And he had to like... Oh, billion. Yeah, no, he had to like dispel the rumor and be like, guys, this is a weird thing to say. I am worth multi-million. Like I have millions of dollars, but also there's a weird rumor that I'm like worth billions and I'm not. Right, just multi-millions. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just to I make know. it clear, I'm not on that tier of wealth. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So shout out to Jose for, I guess, following the Raptors around yeah. to hope, honor Kyle. Hope his farm's organic. Yeah, yeah. And, and for his organic farms, which is why he's not a billionaire. Shout out to wonderful man. Um, <laughs> There's actually a lot of people making a lot of money in the pig semen business. Oh. Cheers. And, and is that? I met a pig oh. semen salesman once. I'm not kidding. Okay, was, and, and, and the tie to Jose is that basically he's Well, like, I don't know if they're doing the semen trade, but no, I'm just saying sure. he's a pig farmer. Maybe that's where some of those millions. 
Oh yeah, no, I mean like for, that's a good point. Like when I talk pig farmers, don't just point. assume it's pork products. Yeah, you know, assume that it's everything related to a pig. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know that pig semen, I'm sure. Oh, I don't know what what it goes for, like per vial, but um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know the market price, but I know yeah. that it's Jose does, very, and I think that, yeah, I'm sure like, he does. Jose, even if he's not involved in that part of pig production, he knows. Yeah, he's I got have the no doubt. Yeah, Spanish uh, pig semen <laughs> market. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah, yeah, it's well. I mean, yeah, exactly. Like, oh my god, it varies from country <laughs> to country. They ship it all over the world. It's I'm sure. Frozen. Oh, you better believe they do. Yeah. Um, hey, Andy, if you're looking for me to doubt that <laughs> industry. Okay, uh, not only am I enthusiastic about it, but I'm also no doubting here whatsoever. You seemed a bit skeptical, but that's okay. No, I'm into it. Um, okay, let's let's talk some NBA. Yeah. yeah. Okay, Maddie, would you give me that NBA sting? Boxing massage you, Jerry. Whoa. <laughs> okay, that's a new. That's new, right? No, I love no, that. The facts, sound. yeah. The, the but like the the collage is new. Well, the fax is a couple months old. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Oh, so wait, I played it before. Is that's that so sorry. Is yeah. that the first time you've tied the fax with the with the boat? Uh, well, no. I that that is, is that just I've a, heard before. I feel <laughs> the item silver one, which was more of a tugboat, but oh. this one's got a little more beef to it. Okay. This yeah. So that's what me and Catherine are saying. Is this collage new? But you're saying no. This collage is not new. No. Okay, so I deeply apologize. Wow. Yeah. When me and Matt have any type of disagreement, just know that we totally... Well, I live near High Park, and we go to this other park, Lithuania, and we just beat the crap out of each other. <laughs> nice. And Matt's way stronger, so he basically starts like bench-pressing me and giving me like the back rake and all sorts of like Lex Luger moves <laughs> and, and wrestling moves. Luger. So yeah, he messes me up hard. Um, but So just know that I get mine. If that should listen. be part of the Patreon. Yeah, part of the Patreon is, is you get to see... Video of Matt giving me DDTs in the mud, <laughs> all sorts of stuff like that. I'd like to hear some of audio from that in the sting itself. Yeah, Matt, oh, maybe. I, do that, yeah. I mean, like, literally, I can't escape you. You know what I mean? So if you're going to beat the crap out of me, I think we should record it. Um, okay. Uh, I have his game log here. It's only three games. The first game was hilariously exciting. Um, it's awesome when a player's healthy. Uh, first game of what? Zion. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm leading up to it, baby. Oh, sorry. Zion Williamson. Sorry. No, it's okay. Um, Catherine, I'll, I'll jump to you first. Have you seen Zion? Um, have you watched any of the highlights? Are you excited? Uh, I've seen some highlights. What I haven't thoughts? had the chance to catch the game um, or the games. I'm excited for Zion. My only, like, kind of hot take, if you will, sure. is I feel like people got to stop pretending they're time-traveling doctors and assume this guy's going to be severely injured very soon. You know what I mean? Like, right. everybody's so worried about Zion being this, like, injured guy that's not going to have a long career because of his weight and blah, blah, blah. And it's like... Look, if the New Orleans Pelicans doctors are telling Zion he needs to lose weight, then fine. But we as a collective fan base shouldn't be like, you got to lose weight. You're going to be injured, man, blah, blah, blah. Like just it's barely been a week. Like let the kid play. Right. I mean, I do think there is a lot of like casual body shaming. And I think like there's, yeah. a, you know, yeah. there, it, there is like the, the, oh, the everybody's like, he's the third heaviest NBA <laughs> player. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. I don't even know who the first or second heaviest are, but Shaq. I know he's the third heaviest. Yeah. And I think, you know, well, I mean like currently oh. <laughs> it, 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 it's weird because there's so many different types of injuries and so many different ways to injure yourself that I think the science about carrying less weight to save your knees is relatively new. 
Um, but yeah, I think, I mean, it's got to relate to like how much power the person has. And I think, you know, knees, knees and ankles can only handle so much, but, um, there's a lot of people who kind of like have like certain types of injuries they've played with for a long time. Like I know Anthony Davis has had a injured shoulder. Right. I feel like I mentioned this every episode, Um, (laughs) but, but, but but anyways, Zion is big, but he also is crazy strong. And I think his body is a bit unique for today's NBA. Yes. But also it it like provides him with like, like, cause I've seen some of the highlights and like my take is that, he like is just like flirting with like all sorts of different types of like dominance. Yeah. If you think about like Draymond and you think about Rondé or guys who are six, seven and can kind of like use that muscle. Like he, uh, in that his first game, he was like overpowering Jakob Pertle with ease. Yeah. Um, I just watched him. Uh, who, who is he? Who did they play last? Uh, um, Boston. Yeah. Uh, Tice. They destroyed Boston. Tice is really strong. Like Tice is a big, strong guy. And it just seemed like he absolutely couldn't do anything with them. Um, yeah. Have, have you seen Zion play? I just saw the highlights from Boston and it was, uh, insane. It's exciting. Like it is exciting. I don't, it's funny because someone pitched that to me too. When I first heard about him is like, Oh, he's going to get injured because his knees won't work or something. But (laughs) I, I, all I've ever heard about him is that he broke his foot once. But other than that, I mean, I don't know what his injury um, history is. But man, like to have a 285-pound guy at 6'6", 285, to be able to move like that. and co- I mean, he was embarrassing Boston around the rim. Oh, man. And, and it's like second jump and his rebounds. And like and that first game, just the sheer, I don't know if either of you watched it, but I, I caught it after the Raptors game. And it was hilarious because... Alvin Gentry had him on this or like whatever the franchise had him on this like super weird three minute rotation. Yeah, so he'd come yeah. in for three minutes and it was so he'd like turn the ball over and like miss a shot. And they're like, you're back out of the game. And, mm. it was, and the audience was obviously freaking out. But then finally he got just a little bit longer than three minutes and he scored 15 points in, and, and in the fourth he quarter. Together, he four threes. It was so funny and amazing. And, and there were enough highlights, awesome like slams and alley-oops and everything for an enti- as if he played the whole game. I mean, it was insane, yeah. Freddie. Yeah, so so here, he, uh, I'm just going to rattle off his stats from the, from the first three games. So first game, 18 minutes, 22 points, um, seven rebounds. Second game, 20 minutes or 21 minutes, basically 15.6 rebounds. And then third game up to 27 minutes. And he was 21 points, 11 rebounds, two assists and a steal. Um, so, I mean, I think it's going to be fun to watch as this guy just slowly gets unleashed. By the way, if you're a kid right now, you know, watching the NBA, it must be incredible. I mean, it's amazing. There's so many different types of players. This is an incredible time. I mean, you've still got LeBron in the league. You've still got superstars like Kawhi and you've got all these rookies. Like you've got Trey young. Who's what a second year guy. Yeah. You've got, uh, what's his name? Ja Morant. Yeah. Just coming in. You've got uh, Doncic. Doncic. You've got, you know, Giannis. Giannis is, is, yep. You have Harden and, and and you still have guys like really good guys coming back. Like eventually like Durant and clay. And yes. Steph. Right. I was thinking that's so what I was thinking. Durant, like they're all, you know, Steph are on the bench right now. Yeah. Like they're not even playing. Kyrie Irving's losing his mind. Kyrie Irving. <laughs> okay. I actually think this is a perfect transition. So wait, let's talk. Let's just talk starters. Um, uh, of, of the, uh, all-star games. I don't know if, if either of you kind of have like, I, I wanted to frame this question as like a, a snub 
So just like if you think there's a player who really should be on there, obviously this is just the fan voting. So things will get evened out with like the, the bench and whatever. But in the East, it's Trey Young, Kemba Walker, um, Pascal Siakam, uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo and Joel Embiid. Like Catherine said earlier, it's like that, it's that African front court, which is so cool. Um, obviously the, the, uh, players are going to, or uh, LeBron and, and Giannis are, it's not conferences. So the, yeah. they might not be on the same team, but um, in the West it's, uh, it's, I mean, pretty unimpeachable. It's um, Harden, Doncic, LeBron, Kawhi, and Davis. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, Catherine, let me go to you first. Um, is there anyone who, you know, more so than, than someone not being on this, like as part of the starters, someone who just, you think is like that person's too talented to not be like on the court when the game starts. Um, this might, I don't know if this will sound weird, but I don't think there's any snubs in that starting. No, that's this okay. Year. Like really like, yeah. Real, like, and it's rare to be able to say that. But I mean, if you told me at the so start, are you of, good with like Trey Young starting yeah, and he's on the worst team in the league? I am, record-wise? which sounds crazy. Like if you told me at the beginning of the year that Trey Young would be starting at the All Star yeah. game over Kyrie Irving, I'd be like, that's. I mean, he nuts. just dropped forty and fifteen against yeah, the Raptors. He so. is balling out, and yeah. like there have been players on losing teams, maybe not the worst team, but on losing teams I've started before. Like I remember like when Vince Carter was first an all-star, we were not a playoff team yet. And he was the leading vote getter of the whole thing. And I don't remember anybody being mad about it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it was just like, yeah, he's great. Let's have him on. Like you want Trey young in that game. He's so like, I think if he was, I don't know. Like if his numbers were like not quite as good, yeah. then I'd be like, maybe not. But I mean, he's just having an incredible year. Yeah. Totally. And he's an like, exciting player to watch. I know some people really don't like watching him, which I, is fair, but I think he's because he's so young and I think the potential for him is so great. If Atlanta can ever figure out how to build a team around him. Yeah. I don't know. The potential. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see if they do. They have yeah. some, some pieces. Um, I kind of think that there's a couple guys who I think should be playing over Trey young as a starter. But again, I don't think it's like wildly egregious for me. You know, I guess it's a positional thing, but I, I really do think like, I do think Jimmy Butler has had a more impactful um, but yeah, my only thing with that is that he wasn't on the ballot as a guard. No, no. Yeah. So right? the, like exactly, if he was yeah. on the ballot as a guard, then I would agree with you. Um, he should be there. And then, so yeah, on the but ballot as, as a, a guard, forward, he doesn't surpass. No, he doesn't. Or as a front court player, I, he doesn't surpass any of those three. I've, I've heard a bunch of people say that, um, that Butler over Pascal. And, um, I mean, oh. I, I, I disagree. I think Pascal, I think, I think Butler, I think it's close, but I think Pascal does more for the Raptors and Butler does for the heat. Um, but I, I think Kyle maybe should be on there. Um, as a starter. As a starter. I think also uh, Ben Simmons um, is, I, w- I would have him because of, because I think at this point he's kind of like a top five defender in the NBA and the Sixers are, but yeah, you know, their record's not, well, the thing is their record's like not great, but it's also not like, I, I guess I would weigh the record more. But Simmons I, but, is an interesting. I, I like him though. He, he's so, an interesting uh, issue Trae because. Young. Sorry, you like Trey Young. There. No, yeah, sorry. I, I don't. I guess I'm just agreeing with Catherine in that. Like, I don't think there's any major snubs. I'm just listing a couple guys who I think 
you know, would also be deserving like Bradley Beal as well. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Beal. I mean, I think the thing about uh, who we're talking about Simmons, Simmons, like if you're in a fantasy league, usually he's terrible, right? Like on paper, but right. he's actually an insane player for your team. Yeah. Like, he's like amazing. They destroyed the Lakers the other night, but that was, it was like all Simmons pushing the whole thing. Yeah. So obviously the benefit, and there's an interesting thing. If you look at NBA where, you know, the fans make up half, the half the vote, half yeah. the vote. And is the, it one, the fans make up half of the total vote. Yeah. yeah. And then the media oh, wow. and the um, players take the other half. So the fans yeah, actually so get then it's 25 and 25, 25. Yeah. So Simmons, for example, is eight in fan ranking, but right. number three in media rank. Right. Yeah. I was seeing some of these discrepancies before, you know, whereas you, you look at Kyle, he's six in fan ranking, but, Foreign media rankings. One is a huge one is, uh, and it's been his whole career. I, I, I just heard this on, uh, what was it? Uh, I don't know if it was Howard Beck. Um, it it might have been dunked on. Um, anyways, it was uh, uh, Lamarcus Aldridge. Mm. Uh, player votes. He's like way super high all the time. Fan votes. His whole career has been very low. Interesting. That's and interesting. He, so, so he has like the players, the players love him. Howard Beck had one of the worst takes I've heard this year. He said, uh, I think on the, on Zach Lowe's podcast that he thought Russell Westbrook should have been in the all-star game this year. And that's I was a like, fairly bad take. That's oh, you a mean pretty in, bad wait, take. Wait, in the all-star game at all? You mean as a starter or? Just in the game this year. I think I, I see that. And I'm a Westbrook fan and I'm gets, like, I don't think he gets it this year, man. Really? Because he got in last year, didn't he? Wait, let's. Yeah, but he was we, on a totally other numbers. level. We won't do year. this for the East, but let's just very quickly explore this. <laughs> so, so, okay. We got the five in the West. Yeah. Um, generally, there's three more guards after Doncic and Harden that are going to get in. Steph's out. Yeah. So he's not a part of the mix. I'd say, like, does Lillard, because Lillard's, the, again, like, then there's the wins thing. The, you know, you, you wonder who I think. Lillard is had, still great, though. Lillard is You incredible. wonder who I think has had a better season than Westbrook, actually, for, as a guard in the West, is DeMar DeRozan, maybe. Mm. Um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I might be with, I may have a terrible take with Beck, because, like, like who, who's jumping out as you guys? Like, who, who should for sure, as a guard, be ahead of um, Westbrook? Chris Paul. Uh, I Chris don't Paul. Know. No, no, no. I, I actually agree with that because of here. I'm gonna. I'm, I'm gonna having a right great now. year. Yeah. Keep, keep talking. I'm gonna. I'm gonna pull up some, <sighs> some just some fantasy counting stats yeah. for us. Well, um, it's you know, there's an maybe interest- Brandon Ingram. Ingram, of course. Yeah. Ingram is another like one. Just yep. other people having a like. I don't know. I I like Westbrook. I and he's pretty polarizing. Uh, but this year, it's just he's having a pretty bad year. Yeah, I guess I just feel like Houston still has a pretty good record, and but you got Harden in there. It's like the team's represented. Yeah, it's true. I don't know. I feel like Westbrook is an all star, personally. But I'm gonna have to dig into this. We'll 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 have more. Uh, kind of all-star talk on the pod sure. as it gets closer. Um, By the way, though, just back to this fan thing for a minute, because sure. you guys are talking about a couple names here. Ingram, Westbrook, uh, Nikola Jokic, Donovan Mitchell, Devin Booker, Ja Morant. All those guys had less fan votes than Alex Caruso from the Lakers. Yeah, that's people just trolling. Yeah, and... And that's why they split Taco the vote. Taco Fall also has... Yeah, that's why they yeah. split the vote, because of fan trolling. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, sorry. I just wanted to very quickly scan the list. I think I think Paul Ingram to me are the like yeah for sure. Put him ahead of Russ, and then there's only you only need to find one more. I would put Damian Lillard. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, Lillard's got yeah. You know, there. so maybe that's it right there. Um, okay, cool. Let's. Uh, let, you, you want to do some quickish questions? Let's do some quickish um, questions. There's not many, and uh, <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna take us back to some. Uh, reflective tones that we started the podcast with, but uh, we got to okay. honor, honor those questions. So, yeah. uh, Maddie, would you give me that quickish questions sting? Quickish questions. Hey. Uh, sorry, that was funny because we all just kind of looked down as that sting played, and then I looked up and said, hey. Um, Okay, so yeah, this is quickish questions. Basically, the way it works. Uh, Andy, you're new. Um, you got to answer. Finally, these. someone that you yeah. can explain the rules. I know, to. right? It's actually appropriate. Yeah. Uh, I, even if someone's been on the podcast <laughs> millions of times, I'll explain it to them like the first time because it's super complicated and never yeah. works, anyways. Um, so uh, you got to answer these questions as quick as you possibly can. Um, no, you know, no deliberating. You can't phone a friend. That's for sure. Um, nothing like that. I'm gonna get through them as fast as I can. I stutter. I slur. Uh, the questions are confusing in general. Um, some of them aren't even questions, specifically today. So I might just read something that someone says, and you give a quick thought. And uh, yeah, it makes sense? Okay. I'll do my best, Freddie. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Uh, right. I'm going to do my best as well. All right, here we go. <laughs> Get some zoned in. Wait, before you do this, can I give a production note? Yeah. Sure. I don't think you should call for the stings. I think you should just say Matt, and then Matt should know what sting to go with. You don't have Whoa. to tell him quickest question sting. You think he doesn't know that? But <laughs> what are you, Will Weldon? Okay, the last guy who was on the pod, he always gives me production notes too. Honestly, thank you very much. I'll take that into account. Um, you're banned from the pod. One, uh, two. I should have uh, kept that off air. No, no, no. Here's the deal. I'm gonna we're gonna do that note. But you're banned from the pod. Um, you're coming. In, you're coming with me. Me to Lithuania Park. Matt, I thought Matt's gonna kick your ass. Oh. <laughs> Matt is literally gonna pick you up. He's gonna slam you down. He's gonna give you a DDT uh, in the mud. I, I like yeah. when you announce the stings. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, no. You can still say Matt. Yeah. I just mean you don't gotta give him every. No, detail it's cool. Of the no, sting. I like Anyone who knows, what you're saying. It's like saying. tradition now. If you know Andy I King, like it. You find him. You kick his ass. <laughs> okay. In Lithuania Park. Yeah. I'll be waiting, yeah. audience. Yeah, he's a very nice man. But at the same time, you know, approach him, you know, throwing throwing hands. Uh, okay, cool. Um, <laughs> Matt, would you hit me with blank sting? <laughs> yeah, now he's got it. Better. There you go. Oh, yeah. That was smooth as hell. Uh, okay. Andy, uh, uh, this is coming from Thomas. Should the NBA have canceled games yesterday? No. Catherine, this is coming from Paulina. Um, again, be as quick as you can, but you know. Uh-huh. Uh, talk about the ways Kobe was honored yesterday. Shot clock, purple slash gold landmarks in LA, Grammys, ETC. So what's one that maybe we didn't mention? That uh, that all that saw? was great. Maybe just uh, all the fans outside of Staples. Just spontaneously gathering outside of Staples Center, putting the little candles and the flowers, spelling Kobe, spelling Gigi. It's very nice, very emotional. Yeah. Did Nick Nurse play like any guitar? 
or anything? Like not stair- that has been or- reported. Hotel room, but I'm maybe sure he- on the plane back <laughs> or something. You never know. You yeah. know he gets down every night on the road in yeah, his he- hotel room with his oh, acoustic travel guitar. He- oh my out. god! He and anytime he beats, he if needles. he ever beats Popovich in a game, he smashes that guitar. He gets a new one. Because if you're a coach and you beat Pop, you're like you literally start chiseling your own face on Mount Rushmore. Um, okay, Matt. Um, yeah. This come from Paulina. Will Fred make it as an All Star this year? No. Whoa. Um, <laughs> Andy, give me this also from also from Paulina. Give me a All Star reserve prediction. So who's one one player in the East or the West? You know for sure it's going to be on. That hasn't been announced. Uh, Kyle. Chris Paul will be on in the West, I think. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Catherine, uh, this is coming uh, um, from Mark. Uh, I guess just uh, a comment. Uh, he was just seeing that uh, there was some fog in this helicopter scenario <laughs> and it could have potentially been Can prevented. Can I comment on this so quickly? <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. This it doesn't seem to fit yeah, the segment at me, all. Give me a different question. I will, if you don't mind. Uh, we uh, did, we did address the fog yeah. earlier yes. in the episode. We did. Um, <laughs> I'll also, so this one's another, another kind of, uh, not not exactly a question. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> when I posted the questions, I did the GIF of the the famous Matt Barnes uh, faking the ball in Kobe's face. Which was later revealed that the above shot, uh, it's not directly, uh, you know, faking oh. the ball in Kobe's face. So it was a flinch, or sorry, it wasn't a flinch, but it wasn't as daring as it could have been. Um, and uh, Nicholas said, maybe it's not the time to be pedantic, but dot, dot, dot. And he posted the, like, the, the article of, like, maybe it's actually not a flinch. So... Do you have any thoughts? Or do you want me to just go to the next question again? I can. Do you have any thoughts on me posting that GIF and then someone responding that that GIF isn't 100% accurate? Uh, I wish I didn't know that. Um, I don't know if I have or a strong opinion on this. Okay, to the next question. This seems more like one of your personal grievances that you're just sort of dealing with. No, no, I actually think it's... I actually think it's... You're just like, haven't we been through enough... Well, no, I also feel like it is kind of valid because that gif is a bit misleading. Anyways. Um, Enough of the gif. It's come from Bobby. Is this to uh, me still? This is still to you because... Great, love it, love I, it. I want, you to have a, I want you to have something that you feel, you know, you can... I can give her an in. answer to. And this is, a more, this is a feeling, but I think it's more relatable. Great. Uh, Bobby says, wish I was on this show today. Good luck, though. Oh, thanks, Bobby. Yeah, thanks, Bobby. Um, okay, uh, Matt, this is from you. Hi. Uh, this is from you. Sorry. This is from Jess. Uh, Hi, Jess. Thank what you. are your thoughts on the Mavs deciding to retire the number 24 in his honor, Kobe's honor? I get the gesture, but I don't think it makes much sense, personally. <laughs> Look at someone like Norm Powell, who wears 24 because of Kobe. A player who genu- genuinely loved and looked up to Kobe being able to wear 8 or 24 for their team as long as they aren't already retired, obviously. In his honor, as a far more inspiring way for them to pay tribute to this legacy, in my opinion. So how do you feel about teams um, getting rid of 24-8 in Kobe's honor? Do you think it should just... I think, I mean, of course, it's uh, Mark Cuban who does it first. 
Like he's the most emotional person there is, right? <laughs> so uh, I think, uh, I mean, should it just be the Lakers? Basically, yeah. Is, is like I, I, you know, it's like the Wayne Gretzky question, right? Like you know, his number is retired everywhere, but I think that for everyone to do that right away is just we just need to get through the grieving before right. you take some time reflect. Yeah, you know, there's only 99 numbers you can pick. What are we going to do in 2247? Gonna run out of numbers. Okay, good. So Matt's thinking about the, the far future. Some people are debating about, oh, what's good? What are we it's gonna do with climate change? For me, you're thinking codes. Everyone when, has a code on the back. right. When numbers automatically, all the numbers get eliminated. That's good thought. Yeah. Um, you know what? I mess around with Matt, but I love him. Um, he kicks my lily ass in Lithuania Park. So don't worry about me. Um, that's the pod, everyone. Uh, thank you so much um, uh, for everyone who listens to this podcast and sports. Yeah. Um, Andy, uh, I'll go to you first. You're, I know you're working on Gale, and uh, it is not coming out uh, tomorrow. I, I don't believe it's coming out tomorrow, the 28th. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but can you tell anyone who listens to this pod anything about Gale or, or perhaps something else? Well, a lot, of, a lot of your listeners probably haven't heard of The Amazing Gale Pile, which is, it started as a show. I'll just tell you this. It's been running five seasons on CBC. Massive accomplishment. Digital. Yeah. It's, a, it's a comedy web series, and it started as sort of a behind the scenes of a home shopping network. That was the premise. And now it's post-apocalypse, and we're running a resort. <laughs> Honestly. Wow. So that's, that's what's happened over five years. It's pretty wild. a pretty, wild. like, seamless through line, though. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> You know, you're going to get there eventually, but it, I think that we got here in five seasons. That's pretty impressive, but it's, it's a lot of fun. I'm, I'm working on that right now. And actually the thing I'm most proud of though right now is that, um, I fixed my dryer this week. Oh, Whoa. that's huge. So yeah. actually if you see Andy and, and you see him getting his butt kicked, frankly, in, in Lithuania park, don't talk to him about his, uh, his amazing character. Uh, Don't on, on Gale Pyle or Gale Pyle in general. You talk to him about his dryer. You That's say, what I'm most proud of. Walk up to him and you say, How the, how's that dryer running? Tell him his clothes are that. nice and crisp. But yeah. that's all that's it. But next next time, I, this was a lot of fun, Freddie. But next time, hopefully, we'll get to talk about the Raptors fashions and how it affects our on court oh, performance. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. Okay. Well, well, let's not. No. Yeah, we'll, let's we'll not dive it. in. It's but too big a topic. Andy did tell me he wanted to talk a lot about fashion. And I do believe that Catherine and me had all of the most opposite opinions of you. <laughs> so yeah. it would have been a, it would have been a good time. But um, that'll be the next Wait, one. so if people want to check out uh, like seasons one through four, Gail, cbcgem.com. And it's not. Uh, it's not a pay service. It's just an online. You can only get it in Canada right now, but it's uh, it's on there and you can watch all of it, including another show that uh, I produced on with, made by some friends of ours, Bit yeah. Players, yeah. starring Chris Siddiqui and Nigel Downer, which is another hilarious comedy series about two struggling actors who kind of go off into fantasy and struggle with the marginalization of day-to-day that goes on in this big city, this the six. Yeah, this yeah. big wild Lithuania brawl of a city. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, ch- ch- uh, you know, find Andy, check out everything he does. Um, check out LaRue, uh, support all the projects. They're amazing. Um, Catherine, um, ahoy, hoy. Where is, <laughs> where is the pirate ship you will be performing on next? Where, where, where is it docked? 
Do you guys Where perform can, for pirates? Every I day. No, I did a show in the summer on a pirate ship, but it was to regular people. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, no. It was a Full disclosure. Captain Chuckles. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, what's up? Uh, what, what do you got coming up? Uh, if you're in the Toronto area, you can see me uh, Tuesday night headlining at the Amsterdam Brewery, I guess. Yeah, uh, no, on Queen's Key yeah. there. No, the SP. Esplanade. 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 So sorry. Esplanade. I messed it Esplanade. up. Esplanade. Esplanade. And uh, Friday night uh Comedy Kapow at a 120 Diner. Beautiful. Cool. So, uh, cool. Check, check out those out. shows. Can I ask Catherine too, when you said I love Nick Nurse, you kind of made a look. Like, do you have oh. a crush on him? <laughs> yeah, I'm okay, physically this is also another. It's very hard. This is another pod's worth. Yeah. Like, like you want to go deep into fashion? People listen to this pod, they know... Catherine's basically the leader of the Nick Nurse fan club. Really? Yeah. Oh, yes. People like know me for it. I yeah. would love to talk about that too, maybe next time, because yeah. I'm fascinated by Nick's whole like acoustic guitar persona. Yes. Oh. And his, you know, I, I know he. And that McDonald's commercial, the sex was radiating off. <laughs> yes, it was. My God. Well, they tried to they tried to argue that it wasn't radiating radiating off of him, and I was like, no, it is. <laughs> no. Definitely still is. Did no. you see him jam with the Arkells and everything? Oh, okay, you know what? This yeah. is this is nothing to joke about. But we all got a scare from the from the nuclear power plant Pickering. Oh, yeah. That's Nick. That's Nick walking in. No, that's Nick walking into the uh, Pickering nuclear power plant, strumming on his guitar. Basically, everyone's horny right away. No one knows what to do. Start pressing buttons, Homer, Homer Simpson style. And the reactor almost goes off. We get a warning. Nick <laughs> Nick saves the day, probably, by strumming yeah, a sweet he, tune. He saves caused the, the problem he caused, and saved He caused the a problem, and he had a zone defense type of like strategy to... Thermonuclear disaster. Yeah. Ooh, that's good. Um, okay, uh, on that thermonuclear disaster um, right. note, uh, thanks for everyone who listens to the pod. Uh, support us in any way you can. And... Um, yeah, see you next week. There it is. It's the Confederacy of Dunks Basketball Podcast. 